welcome to Itchy Tasty, where we talk about all things survival horror. My name's Raspian, and with me today, from the other side of the world, is Jars. How are you doing today? Uh, uh, fine. You, you sound far more tired than I am. <laughs> well, you know, it is 4.32 a.m., but I woke up. For you, it is regular o'clock for me. Yes. <laughs> so what has your morning been so far? Well, I woke up, I was like, what the fuck? And then I think I went to back to sleep, then I woke up again. And I Holy crap, that's the most fuck. boring story I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, you, want, you, want a, you want a better one? <laughs> if you can, yes, please. So I woke up in a cold sweat. <laughs> okay, let's just start the game. <laughs> anyway, uh, so on this podcast, we're going to be talking about... Uh, like horror video games as well as movies. We're going to be talking about other media, why we like them, why people should definitely check them out, and their impact on like culture as a whole. Uh, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil. We're going to be talking about Silent Hill. We're going to be talking about other things, probably. House of the Dead, maybe. That's the only one I can think of. House of the Dead. I think, I, I think that's all of them, though, isn't it? That's all of them, isn't it? Maybe. It's, it's Resident Evil, Silent Hill, and House of the Dead. Well, like, uh, there's some new games that could be considered survival horror. Like what? Uh, I guess the medium. No, no, the medium's not really about item management. It's about solving puzzles. Well, okay, let, let, let me ask you this. When, when um, people say survival horror to you, what, what, what's your definition of that, and what do you think of? Um, usually item management and just trying to not... Basically not Resident Evil 6. Okay, so when when someone says, tell me what survival horror is, you say not Resident Evil 6. That's that's your answer, okay. Yes, essentially, yes. That is a very confusing answer. I get what you're saying, but that would be a very confusing answer. Go on, to, 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 to an alien, what is survival horror? Go for it. Do you want me to do like an alien language or no? No, well, if you do it in English, that would probably be better for me. Uh, no, no. Survival horror <laughs> is where you're trying to survive in a location, solve puzzles, item management, uh, conquering your fears, maybe? I think my favorite there was surviving in a location. That is my favorite <laughs> of your definition. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it said that on the box to the original Resident Evil. Try to survive this location. But I think you're totally right. I think it is uh, like item management. Um, yes. I think it's an emphasis on like limited items. So like you barely get any ammo. You've barely got any health. Or in Resident Evil 6's case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to Resident Evil 6. Yes, that's in like six weeks. But the point is Resident Evil as a franchise... Resident Evil as a franchise kind of is the survival horror franchise though, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's iconic. Yeah, yeah. Better than Silent Hill. Is that what you were saying? Uh... <laughs> I've put you in a corner here. I need you to answer right now. <laughs> no, not particularly. I love them both equally, but let's just say my favorite child happens to have a murderous husband. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it is the internet. You are allowed to like more than one thing. Yes, that is true. But anyway, because this is the first episode of this podcast, we are going to be talking about the OG, the granddaddy, the original Resident Evil for PlayStation 1. Um, now, I now I played the hell out of this game on multiple different platforms throughout my life, but you 
have just played it through for the first time. Yeah. Can you give us an overview of like what that was like? The plot or just the game? I want to know your feelings having played a like a 35 year old game. Not sure if that's the correct number. Wait, is that the correct number? It is like it's 25. Wait. 25. I gave it 10 years, whatever. Okay. A really old game. What did you think of it? It's older than me, so I felt like I was talking to like my <laughs> older brother. One <laughs> and two. Um, it's a lot easier than the RE remake, so I was mainly using that for comparison. But that's not very valid. No, I I, I think that's totally true because I consider the RE remake one of the harder Resident Evil games. But our OG Resident Evil, I think, is a really good place for new players because it's super easy. Yes, except for the hunters. The hunters can fucking die. Oh, yeah. I swear to God. You had a real problem with the hunters, didn't you? I did. I don't know why. I don't know how. But oh my God, I just hate them so much. So about halfway through the game, you return to the mansion... And the zombies are replaced by these kind of big green lizard things that can one-hit kill you. And um, Jaws did really well against them, except that he constantly messaged me to say that he died again and again. I take it you were decapitated multiple times. I don't know. I think I might have just died. <laughs> Which... Okay. Sometimes you just die. Well, sometimes you're running around for like a good two hours and you run out of health items and you're looking for an ink ribbon to save your progress. And then when you're looking for one, a hunter comes out of nowhere and fucks you up, man. But I think we should start with your recommendation of I want you to summarize what the game is about. Okay, so there's these three peoples, right? You know, wait. <laughs> so, wait. Three no. people. <laughs> <laughs> there's these two sick teams, you know, there's Alpha Stars and Bravo Stars. Bravo Stars doesn't... <laughs> you, you say it like it's like their surname. <laughs> it's Alpha Stars and Bravo Stars. Of the Stars family. Anyway, carry on, sorry. Bravo does not really matter, because it's kind of there. Except it's not, because they're investigating some grisly murders in the Arclay Mountains. And like 24 hours after their helicopter disappears or whatnot, Alpha Team's like, hey, hey, hey. And <laughs> they go over to check Bravo Team and they're like, oh shit, they're dead. Yeah, yeah. And there's like this guy with a bandana. I think his name's Joseph Frost. And he dies from like dogs. And, and probably the best part of the game. This is like a, a, a coma patient reciting a dream they had whilst they were under. And you were there, and you were there, and Joseph Frost was there. You're, you're painting a really clear picture for me. Thank you. So, like, Joseph Frost dies, and also he lifts up, like, a... So he, like, lifts up, like, a, a decapitated hand? If that I don't think it's called decapitated. No, severed. Oh, severed, yes. Severed hand, yeah. We're really good with words, and by we, I mean me. Um, yeah, I'm talking to 5 a.m. jars, so <laughs> this is this is what I signed up for. Oh, it's 4.40 a.m. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> 5 a.m. jars is very different. Yes, he's much more lively. Anyways, back, back to... Back to you don't even remember time. what you were talking about, do you? <laughs> you know, and now they're all running, and then 
fucking the helicopter pilot for Alpha Team just get, leaves like a douche. That's a really funny part of the intro. Yeah, and then they just stop walking, even though there's dogs chasing them. That doesn't really mean anything to the my plot review, but you know, we we still we still haven't even got to like the bit of the game that you play. <laughs> so, oh, shit. <laughs> we still we know a lot about Joseph Frost, a, a clearly important <laughs> character to this game. <laughs> you you put so much time into him; he must be important of okay. some kind. I uh, I'm also gonna do Jill's campaign because okay. Jill is superior in every way to Chris, and also because that's the one I played. If you want, if you want, I can give you the two sentence Wikipedia summary of the storyline. Yes, go ahead. This is the very short summary that they provided. A series of bizarre murders have occurred out on the outskirts of Raccoon City with signs of cannibalism on the victims' remains. The Raccoon City Deple uh, Police Department's Special Tactics and Rescue Service, or the Stars family, as you dubbed them, uh, are assigned to investigate the murders. <laughs> Stars is divided into two teams, Alpha and Bravo. Bravo team is sent in first, but after contact with them is lost, Alpha team is sent to investigate their disappearance. And that is where it ends. So it doesn't even mention the fact that the game's set in a mansion or that you fight zombies or anything like that. I think for once in my life, I actually did something better than someone than johnny wikipedia yeah so the stars are like a uh, it's really weird what the stars team are to be honest they're um a, a heavily armed paramilitary group of detectives <laughs> would you agree that's a good summary of them the stars alpha team is like the mystery gang from scooby-doo but with guns it, i find it really weird that they're all supposed to be like police detectives but like yeah one of them is fine. the heavy weapons expert one of them is uh, the the communications chief, although the communications uh, expert is just the only one that has a radio, which I find really funny. Like any messages you want sent, you have to go through Richard Aiken. Yeah, because he's the one holding the radio. No, oh, sexting would be quite hard. But then again, it was the nineties, so maybe having a radio was like a big deal. Mm, true, and it was nineteen ninety eight, even though the game came out in nineteen ninety six. Well, if you want, speaking of years, I can give you a quick run-up of how we got to this game. Like, the quick history of this game. Are you, are you ready? Are you holding on to something? I, I, I know all of it, but yes. Oh, okay. Okay, you know all of it. Whatever. Fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically a god. Yeah. So, um, I guess that it was first conceived in 1989, um, which was the year you were born. Incorrect. Uh, that was many years before you were born. Um, it was like 11, bro. Anyway, it was first made up in uh, 1989 by Takura Fujiwara as a remake of his earlier game, Sweet Home. Um, now, I think Sweet Home, I think Sweet Home is based on like a Japanese horror movie or a horror book or something. Uh, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's kind of a, a big spooky Japanese mansion with like spooky Japanese grudge-style ghosts in it. I think that's the gist, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, he wanted to make a remake of that. So he got his protege, Shinji Mikami, who is a name that would go on to be kind of the, I don't know if you agree with me here, but he, he became kind of the face of Resident Evil. I just forgot all the names. Okay, so you didn't know anything is what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, I knew the story of how, like, the guy that worked on Goof Troop games. Like, <laughs> 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 um... Anyway, the, the main thing about the history of Resident Evil is that it went through, like, a bazillion redesigns. Um, mainly because it was originally conceived to be a Super Nintendo game, 
in uh, I think 1993, um, and then it was going to be a fully 3D first-person game on the PS1. Yeah. Um, and then it eventually ended up as a third-person game with um, pre-rendered backdrops, right? Which is what we have today. Yeah, it's really interesting that it was uh, at one point a first-person game because when Resident Evil Seven came out and switched to first-person, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's ruined it. It's not true Resident Evil." But you could argue it's more true Resident Evil than any of the previous ones. But it doesn't have the great voice acting from RE1. So there's something about the original. Oh my god, the voice acting. We'll get to the voice acting. Anyway, the final gameplay ended up with like, kind of what you summed it up as. It's uh, it's third person action, emphasis on inventory management, exploration, puzzle solving, and being killed by hunters. <laughs> Using the pre-rendered backdrops, which by pre-rendered backdrops, I mean um, instead of like, uh, creating 3D environments, they essentially just drew big JPEGs, just big colorful pictures, and your 3D model kind of just runs around in front of them. Yeah. And the 3D model gets smaller as it goes to certain bits of the picture and gets bigger as it comes towards the camera. So it's like the illusion of 3D. I think that's a good way of summarizing it. Uh, Pre-rendered backgrounds? Yeah. That when you're controlling your character running around in the mansion, you're actually just a 3D model in front of a big picture. Basically, yes. Uh, a main important thing about this game, and this is kind of how I feel about it, is that I think it kind of repopularized zombies in the mainstream in the 90s. I think that I think this game and House of the Dead brought zombies back into like popular culture because I think they were a bit shit in cinema at this point. Um I definitely remember at the time like Resident Evil and House of the Dead were like the big horror games. Uh yeah. Did you play the original House of the Dead? No. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. You think you've seen bad voice acting? Oh. Holy moly, you're not ready for this. Oh, God. So, do you want to know some things that came, that, are, that ended up in the game that were originally designed for Sweet Home? I found this really interesting. Oh, sure. Because I thought that like when they gave up on making it a Sweet Home game um, and switched it to an original IP, they just kind of ditched everything. But they actually didn't. There's a bunch of stuff that was from Sweet Home that made it into the final game. And this would be um, the inventory management. That was originally for that game. Um, the door loading screens... That was from Sweet Home. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it's cool. And also um, the individual character items. So how Chris has the lighter and Jill has the lockpick. That was something from Sweet Home as well. And she has the lockpick because she's really good with a lockpick. That's what they say, isn't it? Uh, it's exactly what they say. Definitely not... You could use this because you're the master of unlocking. <laughs> okay, so... Not that. So let's definitely talk about the voice acting. So um, yes. my understanding, and you may probably may know more about this than I do, is that because video game acting wasn't really a thing yet in the early 90s, they had no money for it. So they basically just hired a bunch of gaijin, which is a Westerner living in Japan. Um, just if, if you live within a mile of the Capcom office and you're Western, you're in. Are you an actor? Doesn't matter. We'd prefer if you weren't. And I also get the impression that they were directed in Japanese. Oh, that sounds great, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably it. Because a lot of the dialogue feels like it's clearly been recorded separately. Like, none of the characters feel like they're actually talking to each other, right? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. But they get one of the things that really stands out about the game is it has a live action intro sequence, which is something the series wouldn't return to for a very, very long time. What do you think about it? 
it's good for what it is. Oh, it's so good. But I think you gotta you gotta look at the intro differently to it. Like I'm gonna use the remake comparison because that's probably the most valid one. Mm-hmm. And the remake intro is full CGI. Yes, yeah, which is quite depressing. Yeah. But like. Yeah, it fits the graphical mm-hmm. style though, right? But in Ari Remake, it's very serious. It's very, uh, not Ari 1. Ari 1, the intro, is basically just a comedy sketch. And I love it. <laughs> it does look like a bad student film, doesn't it? What, what I find really interesting is I think I read that Shinji Mikami said that he wanted to make it like an like an American B movie. Like it was kind of that kind of cheesy, almost eighties style B movie. And what's really interesting about that idea is when people talk about how goofy the the dialogue is and how bad the voice acting is, um, there is almost an argument there. It's like, well, that's what he wanted. Like he wanted it to be like that. I'm personally glad. Yes, I do see what you mean. Cause if he did actually intend it to be like a B movie, they did really well. <laughs> they did more well than you could ever imagine. Yeah. So the intro sequence, I think you briefly brushed over it. It features, it's all black and white, right? In the original, it's all black and white. Uh, No, not in the original, but in the director's cut. Oh, in the original, is it in color? Yeah, it's also not censored. Oh, okay, cool. Well, either way, they're, they're walking through what is supposed to be a forest, but actually looks more like a, a small field. It's clearly in like a garage. Like the set looks very small. Because <laughs> it's all really zoomed in, and all the characters are stood really close to each other. They they're they're reacting to a lot of stuff that isn't there. So they get attacked by zombie dogs, which are clearly shot separately because they, they never you never see them in the same shot as them. And they're also interacting with a helicopter that's CGI and also not there, <laughs> which is a lot to ask of these poor gaijin actors in the early nineties. Oh my god! I hope they. I hope, I really hope they got paid well. They oh, they definitely didn't. <laughs> Because <laughs> they gave probably one of the, no, they gave the best performance of 1996. They really did. I really like like they get so they get chased by dogs, uh, and they're running. Joseph gets eaten by the zombie dogs, and they're running, and they're like run toward that house, which will become the main setting of the game. Um, but then they stop running. The helicopter flies away, and there's a shot of them all just stood still, going "Don't go." And then there's like a moment of silence and then they're just running again. So it's like it's edited in such a weird way where it's like, oh, yeah, we forgot they were still being chased at that point. It's like they edited that shot in in the wrong place. It is amazing. But the reason I brought up the live action intro is not because of how much I love that bit. It's clearly because I love the bit that follows it, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, like the introducing all the characters? Oh, my God, it's so good. You never see this in video games because it's completely pointless and weird. But it's amazing. It's so good. So you get like a fiery background and it says like, it says cast and it introduces all the characters with like them doing little poses. And these are the live action actors in costume. So it's a bunch of like 90s actors in bad cosplay, just kind of posing at the camera as it says all their names in a really deep American voice like Chris Redfield. I remember that Rebecca Chambers' one is very short. Like, she gets, like, two seconds, and then it cuts to the next character. Yeah, but it's, it's probably the best one, honestly. Yeah. There's a, there's a change with Chris's, though, if I remember, because I think in one version he's smoking, but in another version he's not smoking. 
you know about this? No. Oh, well, I, I basically just summed it up for you. In one version of it, he's standing being a cool cigarette-smoking guy. But in a different version of the game, he's just posing with a gun. So I think they were like, smoking's bad. Get rid of that. But yeah, yeah, smoking, I guess, is bad. So good on them, you know? Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so that's basically when the game starts. Now, the game itself is heavily inspired, I would say, by um, like George Romero zombie movies. Do you agree? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a big inspiration, which is interesting considering that it originally started as a as an adaptation of a very Japanese horror uh, property, but ended up being a Romero zombie movie, like Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead's the one where they teach the zombie to use a Walkman, right? God, the 80s were a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's where the zombie, like, salutes and stuff. So dumb. Oh my god, I need to rewatch them. Is that movie good? I don't remember it being good. I don't remember it. <laughs> so I don't remember half the films. I remember enjoying Dawn of the Dead, but I think Day of the Dead I found really boring. Night of the Living Dead was. I know my favorite was Night of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, but either way, big inspiration for this, and especially Night of the Living Dead because it's set in a big house and this is a big mansion filled with zombies. Mm-hmm. And the characters are yeah, the, smart. Yeah, that's true. Ish. Now, uh, the one thing I read about this game that's quite interesting is the one of the things that really stuck out to me when I was a kid, looking at watching like my older brother play this because I was way too scared to play it, um, was that the character the characters look really good for the nineties, like the character models. They look noticeably good compared to other characters that are usually like just a collection of triangles. These guys look like a collection of slightly smoother triangles, and. Uh, it's purely because they were able to free up so much memory from using the pre-rendered backdrops. Yeah. So that means that if they did make it in 3D, the game would have looked way, way worse. But uh, pre-rendered backgrounds fit the game very well anyways, so... They do, yeah. Do you want to know some um, weird changes to the like design of the game that happened? Like some of the weird older concepts that I found? Oh, uh, yeah. It was a very definitely a much weirder game originally. So there were some changes to the characters. One of the characters was called Dewey, and he was going to be like an African-American guy, but he was supposed to be like the the comic relief character, and he was going to be kind of, <laughs> kind of like a, have a, what's described as a gangster accent. Now, <laughs> that sounds real bad. I don't know about you. It sounds bad for multiple reasons, but I... I'd probably laugh my ass off. Not because of the character's jokes, but just because of how shit it will be. Interestingly, they, they kept the name Dewey because the, the helicopter pilot of the Bravo team is called Edward Dewey. So I guess a part of him did survive. Ah, that's nice. Thank you, Dewey. <laughs> Thanks, Dewey. You'll always be remembered. It's his hand, by the way, that they find severed. No, Dewey! The other, the other big change was um, Barry Burton was originally not Barry Burton. Uh, which is a real shame because he is a crowd favorite, isn't he? Yes, and he has a great name. He has a great name. He's got some of the greatest lines in that entire game, including the Jill Sandwich line, which I think a lot of people were upset that was changed in the remake. I'm glad it was because I feel like... <laughs> they made it kind of make sense. Like, you could have fit nicely into a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that was a dead-on impression. That, to be fair, was pretty good. <laughs> I, I really like that Barry spends 90% of the day, game researching in the dining room. 
Like he just, every time you bump into him, he's like, well, I'm going back to the dining room now. I need to carry on my investigation. Yeah, it's like probably one of the safest rooms. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, get over it, Barry. We're done in the dining room. I solved the weird medallion puzzle. Oh. Um, the crests. Oh, I don't want to get into that crest puzzle because... <laughs> what, you had a bad time with that? Uh, not with the actual, like... Fine. It was just one medallion that caused me not to say I rage quit and proceeded to go around my apartment saying God is dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kind of went around my apartment saying God was dead. It happens. I think that's what Shinji Mikami was going for. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be really happy to hear that that's what you did. But so you know the the room with all the paintings where you have to order them up to like young oh where the paintings are like this is a baby this is a this is an old man and you have to press them in the right order right yeah that's a great yeah. puzzle let me say that oh real good puzzle yeah it's awesome probably puzzle. the be- one of the best of the game it's weird that you get attacked by crows if you get it wrong how did they train the crows to do that anyway carry on <laughs> long story short i didn't read yep. something in that room so I just clicked the last one. Oh yeah, that's bad. So let's just say I thought, oh, I had to kill all the crows because so far the puzzles have been kind of, you know, not the best. So I didn't expect there to be a puzzle. So when I learned there was a puzzle, I was happy. But back to the crows thing. I died. <laughs> I, you got crowed. I, I got cro- I, I swear I'm pretty good at Resident Evil, but Jesus Christ, those crows, man. The crows are bad. They killed Forrest. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. It looked like he was eaten by a crow or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't get that Barry track, sadly. That is one of the best Barry lines. But I just saw it by um, myself and as Jill, and it was depressing. Well, since as you've brought up a puzzle, I'll tell you my favorite puzzle from Resident Evil OG, which is the, um, the crest one where you can get a key that's hidden in the dining room, but you have to replace the crest that's on the wall with a gold crest. But where do you get the gold crest, you ask? That's what you're asking, isn't it? How to get the gold? No. <laughs> well, that's what you were, I could hear you were, you were going to ask that. How, how could you tell? Um, so you go into the bar room where uh, there is a hidden door that contains the gold crest. How do you open that hidden door? Playing a piano. Playing a piano, correct. This is probably one of the most famous puzzles, I think, in Resident Evil, which is that you play Moonlight Sonata, right? Uh-huh, it's Moonlight Sonata, I think. Yeah. yeah. I just love the idea that, like, Jill is, you know, her teammates are dying all around her. They've got no chance of escape. There's monsters in every room. But she's still like, I'm going to give this my all. I'm going to I'm gonna play the hell out of this piano. And unknowing that it's even going to do anything she just plays it and then it happens to open a door so i guess that was lucky okay here's my thing because when you brought this up i was like oh he's gonna mention how how the fuck do you open a door with a piano didn't actually question that bizarrely (laughs) yeah so i was so i never questioned that because that's a famous puzzle in this game like by far probably the most famous and yeah og resident evil yeah and i think so anyways so the you know piano 
is it sound based? <laughs> well, you have to apply that. The, you have to remember that this mansion is built on '90s technology, so whatever it is is probably not very good. Maybe it's like a talk boy that's hidden in the wall, <laughs> and it listens great. for <laughs> and it listens for Moonlight Sonata. Oh, interesting difference in the campaign. So, um, if you play as Jill, which you did, which I think is the better story, come yes. at me, fight me. I, um, I won't, man. Jill gets the music notes and plays Moonlight Sonata like a goddamn champ. She is real good. But when you're playing as Chris trying to do the same puzzle, have you seen what happens if you try and play as Chris? Uh, I know that Rebecca plays it, but no. That's right. So Chris can't play the piano because Chris can't do anything in this game. Yeah, Chris can't even handle chemicals. He can't handle chemicals. He can't play the piano. What is he good for? He can smoke in some versions. Um, So... <laughs> He has to get Rebecca, his secondary character, to play the piano for him. But Rebecca isn't very good at playing the piano. I don't know if you remember this. And she attempts to play it and she's really bad. And Chris is like, don't worry, keep practicing. Just relax and play. And you have to you have to leave her alone for a bit and come back. And then she's practiced. Like a key thing here is these guys don't know that this will open a door. They are just playing the piano as best they can. Yeah, I love that Rebecca doesn't even question him. Like Chris is like, don't worry, just stay in practice. And Rebecca's like, I mean, I could, but shouldn't we try and, I don't know, get out of here, survive? And he's like, no, no, we're not leaving until you've got this right. I got to respect them for their dedication to the piano, man. Honestly, yeah, he just wants Rebecca to be a better person. And I guess piano's important. We should actually talk about the difference in the two campaigns. I'll talk about that in a second, but I just want to bring us back to... Um, I don't know if you remember, about three hours ago, I was talking about uh, weird differences in the game, and I brought up Barry Bird, and then we started talking about Barry for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we got to you... the piano. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, yeah. back to So, that. Barry Burton was originally a character called Gelzer, and he and he was a giant... He was a giant cyborg. Okay, I like Barry Burton more. Um <laughs> yeah, and he was supposed to be the big strong man of the game. Um but eventually Dewey and Gelza were essentially replaced with Barry and Rebecca and you know made not a cyborg. And not racist. <laughs> yeah, not not weird racial stereotypes and not a giant cyborg. But um there's definitely a bit of <laughs> Japanese there's definitely a bit of Japanese charm in that, isn't there? Where it's like, and this guy's a cyborg. <laughs> and, he, oh and he drives a mech or something, yeah. So I did, yeah, <laughs> he can teleport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I kind of love that. But that's the Resident Evil we didn't get, unfortunately. You can find uh, concept art of Gelzer online, though, which is um, and he's enormous. He's huge. Um, but um, wait, can we find one of Dewey? of Dewey? I, I've Dewey? never seen one, but I'm sure it exists. Um, because because Ed, Edward Dewey is white Caucasian, so they obviously completely changed his character. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the um, the difference in the campaign. So at the start of the game, you get to choose to play as Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. Uh, you played as Jill. Just always do Jill, man. Always yeah, do Jill. So, always, especially first playthroughs. I'll probably do a playthrough of chris eventually one day yeah i think never i think chris's game is shorter but it's um i mean the difference is marginal um people would often say that chris is hard mode and jill is easy mode how would you feel about that 
As someone who died <laughs> a lot as Jill, I can confirm Jill is hard <laughs> for me. I don't know about Chris, but Jill was really hard for me. Very challenging. It was challenging. You did not do well against hunters. Being assholes. <laughs> the um, the main difference, if you don't remember, is um, Chris has less item slots. Yes, I know that. And you also can't use the lockpick. You can't use the lockpick. He does have the lighter, but it's less useful than the lockpick. Um, mm -hmm. And but he does have more health, so he can take more damage. Um, so it's not entirely harder just playing as Chris. There are benefits as well. Um, but one of the major differences for me is that Chris doesn't get a weapon that Jill gets. Jill gets the grenade launcher, um, but Chris does not get it. Jill's got wait. And Chris got his sweet guns though in R five, so evaluate it. He gets some sweet biceps later on, but here he's just an all American Boy Scout. Yep, with spiky hair, occasionally smoking. I'm really caught up on that fact. <laughs> um, also, Chris gets the shotgun way later than Jill, mm -hmm. and this is because of the other very famous puzzle in RE1. That's not really a puzzle, honestly. Um, it's just walking in the It's door. not really a... Yeah, you're right. It's it's more of an event, um, which is where you go into a room, you go through... You, you go into a room, and it's completely square, right? Uh, and you're in the square room, and there's one other door. And you go through the door, and there's a shotgun on the shelf, right? And then what happens when you come back? Uh... <laughs> The roof of the square room that you just exited comes down, squi trying to squish you. It's like the the trash compactor in Star Wars, right? But from, the, from the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. And there's no Dexter jets. <laughs> I wish. Um, but the doors lock you in, and your character's like, help, I'm stuck. Um, now, if you're playing as Chris... You die. Yes. There is that. There is no way out of that room. You will die. Uh, but not if you're Jill. Jill gets out. How does Jill get out? Barry motherfucking Burton. <laughs> you know. Crowd favorite Barry Burton. Kicks this door down. He kicks the door down. He steals your newborn child. He yoinks Jill out and <laughs> saves her ass <laughs> with the shotgun. With the shotgun. And that's how you get the shotgun early as Jill. But for Chris, you have to go and get the broken shotgun like a chump and put it in place of the regular shotgun so that the, the ceiling trap doesn't activate. Um, but I think we should talk yeah. about the difference in like their companions because Jill gets Barry for most of the game, whereas Chris gets Rebecca. Um, who do you prefer out of those two as your companion? Well, I love Barry and also I like Rebecca. Well, okay, that didn't didn't really answer my question. <laughs> but the reason I like Rebecca is because it's associated with you more. Ah, oh, Rebecca's my favorite character. She's yeah, so good. My... Um, I, I will say that she's kind of annoying in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll agree with yeah. you on that one. But I, I got to go with Barry, man. Barry is so useful in this game and super cool. He's like your big jolly friend, isn't he? Mm -hmm. he's got a magnum he, he shoots the first magnum. zombie for you three times three times with a magnum so three he's, times. he's not very good with a magnum well, no, i think he was good at it he just needed to make sure jill was protected you know yeah he meets jill halfway through and gives her um some ammo but calls it a weapon which is very confusing 
where he's like, I found this it's weapon, it's really powerful. Especially against the living thing. Yeah, which I always love, because it's like, most of his weapons are clearly just good against, I don't know, wood? Rocks. <laughs> rocks. rocks. Wood. I always thought about rocks. Rocks, I was like, yeah. yeah. yeah that's you go shoot those rocks, baby. But this is one of those rare weapons that isn't good against rocks, but it's good against living things. <laughs> yeah. Um... Really and, he, and he gives you the acid rounds. But it's not even a weapon, it's ammo, the weirdo. But anyway, Rebecca... Well, I guess you could throw it. <laughs> it does look kind of hefty. Um, but one thing yeah. I want to talk about is that um, if you choose Jill, you start the game and... Um, so in the intro sequence, there are four characters running towards the mansion. It's Captain Wesker, um, yes. Jill, Barry, and Chris. Barry... But when, depending yeah. on who you choose, depends on who actually makes it to the mansion. So if you choose Jill, only Jill, Barry, and Wesker turn up, and Chris does not. And I think they even say, no worries, "Yeah, no. they even say that they're like, what? We don't know what happened to Chris." And you later find Chris uh, in the labs, and you can rescue him down there optionally. Uh, so I guess he went in a back door or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, walking into the big, grandiose mansion hall seems pretty, you know, reliable. Yeah. I think in the book, in the novelization, I think he does enter a different way. Um, mm. The book actually makes a really good use of um, combining both of their campaigns at the same time. Like, they happen at the same time, just they keep missing each other. That's kind of how the book works. Yeah. Um, but... So with Jill, you get make it to the mansion, and Chris, you're with Chris and Wes. Uh, sorry, you're with Barry and Wesker, and Chris is gone. Um, but if you play as Chris, you play as uh, you reach the mansion, and it's Chris, Jill, and Wesker, and they don't know what happened to Barry. Instead, it's Barry that's gone. Um, but what's really interesting about Chris's one is that Barry is not just gone; he is erased from the game. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he never comes back. Same with Rebecca and Jill's campaign, right? Yeah, well, the difference is in Rebecca's is that she's not even... She's never mentioned prior to that. At least Barry's in the yeah. intro. Although I guess she's in that cast bit, you know, where it's like introducing all the cast members. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so I guess that would have been weird if you were playing the game for the first time and you were like, you finished Jill's game and you were like, wait, who the hell was that girl at the start <laughs> that it said was going to be in the game? I do think... Most people probably started with Chris Redfield, though. He, he, I think he's who it default is like who's auto selected when you turn on mm -hmm. the game. Um, which yeah. is a shame because, as we said, I think his game's way less interesting because Jill's as well has got like a it's got kind of a subplot of her like not trusting Barry because he's acting weird and he's acting he's acting suspiciously oh, yeah. and it's like, should I trust him or should I not? Because he's you know, he saved me from the big squishy room. And also Plant 42. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. So he turns up and helps you with Plant 42. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that scene, I think, is underrated for its voice acting. Oh, well, when yeah, you get attacked by the giant plant. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and it's like normal voice. And then it's like, seriously, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. That scene is far more uncomfortable with Chris because um, uh, so there's an optional way that you can defeat that boss much easier by creating like a chemical compound and then adding it to the plant's roots and it makes the boss super weak. Vigil, yeah. Now Jill can do that on her own because Jill can handle chemicals. 
but <laughs> Joel's Joel fucking expert, man. So Chris's is much more awkward. Have you seen what happens when you play as Chris? No. It's very weird. Um, so Chris doesn't even attempt to make the chemical. He goes straight into the boss room and gets like tentacle hentai picked up. And then Rebecca comes into the room, no flamethrower, unlike Barry. Fucking loser. And and she's like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> That's not the line. <laughs> what's, 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 what are you up to? And he's like, you having a nice chat? (laughs) And he's being hung up in the air by this vine. He's just being tossed around in the air. And he's like, help me, Rebecca. And then you play as Rebecca and you have to go and uh, make the chemical while he's doing that. But what's really weird is he's just in there just being held up by this vine for like 10 minutes with nothing happening. (laughs) Oh, that's great. It's pretty awesome. Now, you did you beat the game on this quick replay through you did? Well, I didn't do a quick replay. I did the first playthrough. And no, I got to like <laughs> that thing and then I rage quit. Because Jesus Christ, this game. <laughs> uh. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the ending. Um, well, I can go along. I'm pretty good. Yeah, at you, you know the gist. Um, I know the gist. One thing. So the end of the game, you end up in the, the secret umbrella laboratory hidden beneath the mansion. You find um, the ultimate yeah, bioweapon, the tyrant, which is a big gray man. <laughs> With a claw. That's what they called me in high school. And uh, series villain Albert Wesker reveals himself to be the villain and lets the tyrant go. The tyrant kills him and he goes, don't come this way. And then uh, dies. Yeah. Well, sure he dies. You fight the tyrant. You escape to the helipad. You fight the tyrant one last time. You blow him up with the rocket launcher and escape in the helicopter. That's basically it, right? (laughs) Uh, I think you can rescue Chris or Jill, depending on who you play as, as well. That's right, yeah. If you've collected these uh, secret items, the MO discs, you can unlock the jail cell in the labs that lets the other character out. Yes. But what I think is really interesting about the ending of the game, there's multiple endings. So you can save the other person, you can save your partner. Um, and it changes things quite dramatically. Like, if you get the bad ending, you, you actually skip the final boss. You don't fight the boss at the end on the helipad. Oh. You just kind of, un yeah, you just kind of unceremoniously just get on the helicopter and fly away. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, and the mansion doesn't blow up either. It's a very kind of, it's, it's, it's a really odd, somber ending where you just walk onto a chopper and fly off. And that's it. Honestly, that doesn't sound like that bad of an ending, to be fair. Yeah, it's pretty good. The reason I bring up the endings, though, is because there's something really weird about the original endings, which is that um, there is no canon ending in the original Resident Evil. Do you know this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know why there's no canon? Can you explain that to me? Since you've just boasted that you already know that. Go on, take it away. Well, <laughs> the, the, the reason there's no canon ending is because this was an original IP and they needed to, (laughs) like, have an ambiguous ending so that if if the game did well, they could make more sequels. Yeah, you're totally right. They they had no plans to make this a series, right? They they didn't know if it was going to be any good. But the way that I mean that there's no canon ending is that um, canonically... Later on, because Resident Evil is a huge franchise now, spanning hundreds of thousands of games, and that's not even exaggerating. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I've played, I've played a solid million of them. 
Uh, I still got a few million to go. But anyway, it's a long, it's not just a franchise, but it's a timeline, a big, long, intricate story of different characters and different events over the years. Um, and canonically, all four of the main, in fact, all five of the main characters of Resident Evil, Chris, Jill, Wesker, Barry, and Rebecca, all survive the first game because they come back in later stuff. Yeah. Um, like Barry's in a later game, Jill's in later games, Chris's in later games, Wesker's in later games. Uh, Rebecca's not in later games, but she is in a later movie. Oh, and she's also in like a musical, I think. Oh, it is can What, the stage musical? It, it's canon. Oh my it's God. canon. I say it's canon. That's the true canon for me. Voices of Gaia was canon. I don't think that has Rebecca in it, but there's a one with Rebecca, yeah. and that was canon. I think it was just a stage production, though. But yeah, but the point is, all those characters survive, but there is no ending where all of those characters survive. Because if you play as Chris and you get the best ending, you save um, uh, Jill and Rebecca, but Barry just never turns up. He doesn't exist in that game. And it's the same with Jill, but with Rebecca, she she just never saves Rebecca. Poor Rebecca. The endings are live action as well, by the way. So you missed out on some live action endings. Yeah, sadly. Do you want to know some... Uh, oh, I suppose the other thing I should... Uh, we should talk about very briefly is the um the name resident evil because this was a, a weird thing in this game right the name <laughs> well that it wasn't originally called resident evil no well, it's called biohazard in japan correct yeah um do you know why it wasn't called biohazard in the west uh no i can give you but two reasons <laughs> Ooh. So, so they brought it over to the West, and uh, there was a 1992 video game called Biohazard Battle, which sounds very bad. Can I get it? <laughs> there was also a New York metal band called Biohazard that were already using the name. How do you feel about that? A New York metal band named Biohazard in Biohazard Battle. Um, oh, actually, I've read that wrong. New York Alternative Metal Band. Oh, how dare you? How dare I? That's 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 a whole different story now, isn't it? Oh yes. Um. You know, I was originally pissed off, but now I'm fine. Alternative. <laughs> I can die peacefully. Anyway, uh, to avoid any kind of legal things, they were like, we don't want to get sued by this crappy '90s game or this alternative metal band from New York. Um, Capcom ran an internal competition for people to pick a name. And I would have loved to have heard some of the other names. Scary Mansion. <laughs> Big Scary Zombie House. <laughs> Barry Burton and the Scary Mansion. <laughs> Barry uh, Burton and the Scare Squad. But anyway, somebody uh, recommended Resident Evil, and apparently the higher-ups at Capcom hated the name, but the marketing team loved it. I could see how it could be very marketable judging how it is yeah but what's weird is it doesn't it doesn't make sense like grammatically yeah because i, I, I get that it's residents because it's set in a mansion and it's filled with zombies so it's evil um but surely you would say evil residents do you know what i mean it's the evil yeah. residents but resident evil sounds cooler resident evil does it doesn't you you don't say that when you're like answering the phone or anything you don't say resident of whatever house yeah yeah this 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 feels like something that only bothers me but it does bother me it i can get it i can get bothered by it on some level i used to be like a 
Okay, I'm not going to say. A very into grammar and would correct people. But I moved out of that. I would like to say I matured, but I might have dematured. So you're okay with the phrase Resident Evil? Uh, yes. But it is confusing. It is oddly confusing. And clearly, like... Like, I don't know if it's written that way on purpose or whether it's a matter of that, you know, maybe English wasn't their first language. But either way, it seems to have stuck and it's a very recognizable name now, even though it doesn't quite make sense grammatically. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know where Raccoon City is, by the way? Uh, I think it's near New York. I think, I think it's, it's like New supposed well, to be a parallel. Well, it's described in the game as a Midwestern town. Okay. But I'm... I'm English, so I don't entirely really know what that means. Um, it means they wear plaid. It means they wear plaid. All right, okay. Yes. That's, all right, uh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anyone in that Oh, no, Bob Kendo in the new one is wearing plaid, right? <laughs> so there you go. You did it. <laughs> I fucking did it. Uh, the reason I ask you is because in the games, it never says where Raccoon City is. It just says it's a Midwestern town. Uh, but in the novels, which aren't canon... Uh, they do say that it's uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, maybe they're eating hoagies. Is that a Pennsylvania thing? I think so. Because <laughs> the only thing I know of uh, Raccoon City is they eat Moon's Donuts. Yeah, that's basically it. And Jill is a big fan of Moon's Donuts because she got a fridge magnet of them. God. Um, do you know there was a co-op version of this game that was originally supposed to be put in the game? Was it put in the DS or no? Uh, it was eventually put in the DS port, okay. Deadly Silence, which I still argue is the best way to play this game. Uh, yeah. The DS version is so good. It's the reason I bought a DS. Really? Yeah, I just wanted to play the OG Resident Evil 1 on my DS all day, every day. And I did. <laughs> but it's good. It gives you, um, uh, like, one of the dual screens is just permanently the map. Oh, that's actually really useful. The DS version, though, has, like, DS-y bits. It, it's, got, like, a, it's got a different mode you can play called Rebirth Mode where um, the game is slightly different and there's little DSE bits. Like, there's a bit where you have to blow out candles by blowing into the microphone. <laughs> there's also uh, knifey, stabby bits where you have to slash your stylus to stab enemies. Oh, God. Pretty cool. You, you have to fight a whole boss using the stabby, knife, slashy thing. Uh, which one? Wasn't it, like, Yawn? Yeah, it's, the, it's Yawn the Snake. You have to fight him for a third time. <laughs> but doesn't he die? <laughs> Yeah, but not enough. He comes back. So is it is it in between the first fight and his second fight, or is it after the second fight? It's it, it it's after the second fight. So after he melts into the ground, <laughs> he's just that cool. He is that cool. You fight him in the uh, Plant Forty Two room. You have to go back to the guardhouse and go back into that room, and then you fight him in there in this really long, boring sequence where you just have to keep slashing him with a stylus. <sighs> Yeah. How do you feel about that? That sounds great, man. But anyway, the reason I brought that up is because I mentioned co-op. So originally they um, they wanted co-op to be in the game, uh, but it just uh, apparently the game just wasn't technically clever enough to run co-op. The co-op mode, like you said, is in the DS version. And I think I explained it to you before. It's really weird. It's like barely a co-op mode. <laughs> Both play on separate DSs. And one yeah. thing that is cool about it is you can pick a bunch of characters. You can be like anyone on the Bravo team. So you can be like Kenneth and Enrico, these characters that you only see for like a second in the game or you just find a dead body of. And you you have to run from like one part of the mansion to the other. Um, but the game like isn't, 
quite clever enough to show the other player in your game. So although they're playing it co-op with you, you can't see them in your game. Instead, they're represented with like this bouncing star. <laughs> it's not good. It's real bad. But uh, I'm glad they put it in. So now people can argue RE5 isn't a bad Resident Evil game now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll give you one last piece of trivia if you're ready for it. Okay. Yeah. Hit me with your best shot. Apparently a lot of the backdrops that were designed by Shinji Mikami, etc. were heavily inspired by the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense, right? It's a yeah. similar location, isn't it? Yeah. It's a place. <laughs> I feel like I'm slowly losing you. <laughs> uh, you feel uh, like? I feel like that. But anyway, I think I think we've we've just about covered Resident Evil 1. Do you agree? Yes, in great detail. We really have. I think it's... Do you, would you recommend people, if they were joining the Resident Evil franchise, should they play this one first, do you think? I personally played RE2 Remake first, which is some nice trivia for you. I thought forever that would be my favorite game. It's not. But I think replaying... You can start with basically whichever game you want. But I do recommend going back to play the originals. Yeah, totally. And, and personally, I think if you're interested in like the story and stuff, I would recommend you start with the RE1 remake as opposed to the OG RE1. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have to play the original. You won't gain anything from playing the original that you won't get from the remake because the remake has everything that's in the original with extra stuff. This is more of a curiosity. Like if you're interested in like where the franchise started... Definitely check this one out. Yes. Same with uh, OGRE2 and OGRE3. Now we'll get to that in the next episode of Itchy Tasty Podcast. I'm Jars. That's Raspian. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you all again next time. See you later. <laughs>